Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 522 for the seventh of ER in a regular year. So something that I've mentioned previously on this podcast is that our relationships with other people in this world, whether with our friends, with our family, with our spouses, whoever it might be, are actually, in a certain sense, reflections of our relationship with God. So there's a twofold aspect to this. So on the one hand, uh, one really deep idea is that the deeper we cultivate our relationship with God, the deeper our relationship with other human beings can be. Perhaps this is a little bit counterintuitive uh, because it, see, it might seem at first glance that um, the more we deepen our relationship with God, the more detached we'll become from other people. But in fact, this is really not the case at all. In fact, the deeper we cultivate our relationship with God, the less codependent we can become upon other people the less we put our expectations and value in other people and the more we can actually just appreciate people for who they are in a more uh, healthy kind of way. And then there's another aspect to this connection between this parallel between our relationship with other, other people and our relationship with God in the sense that the inverse is true as well, that we can actually learn a lot about our relationship with God and how to cultivate a deeper relationship with God by looking at our relationship with other people. So, you know, there's this whole idea that we were created in the image of God. Everything parallels, you know, the whatever's going on down here parallels what's going on up above. So... We've spoken about this quite a bit when it comes to the attributes of the soul. We have the intellectual attributes, the emotive attributes, all of these things, that each one of these attributes can be used in many different ways, in ways that are like more worldly oriented, more people oriented, or more godly oriented. Another thing to recognize is that in looking at the attributes of the soul, so there's the, there's the attributes themselves like sort of like as they are embodied within our soul itself, and then there's the expression of these attributes, and each one of the attributes expresses itself in a different way. So let's focus on the emotive attributes because that's kind of been the focus of our discussion lately, and it's going to be the focus of our discussion today as well. Uh, so in terms of the emotive attributes, so the first, the two primary emotive attributes, which are sort of like the origin of all the other emotive attributes, there's seven in total emotive attributes of the soul, are chesed and gvura. So translation of these attributes are always, you know, it's always tricky to translate these words accurately. And they kind of, and any word that we use to encompass these, these, uh, these terms, these attributes in English is never, is always going to be lacking. But 
uh, to give a general idea, chesed is this idea of you know it's it's a it's a giving energy. It's an extroverted energy. It's it's uh, it's an outpouring kind of energy. Versus gevura is an energy of restraint, of holding back. So now these two attributes of chesed and gevura, as the, this is how they manifest within the soul itself. This is the attributes themselves. But now the way that they express themselves towards another, whether we're talking about another person or whether we're talking about God is in terms of love and fear, or maybe we can say respect is a better word. So the attribute of chesed, which is this like outpouring, giving kind of energy, the way that this expresses itself uh, is through the attribute of love, of ava, it's called in Hebrew. So that's, you know, think about it very basically. Let's, let's talk about like a husband and wife, that when a husband is in tune with his attribute of chesed, of this, uh, this giving kind of energy, then this is, this is going to express itself in a very loving way, in, in the way of love, versus if he attunes himself more to his gvora side, then this is going to express itself in terms of his deep respect for his wife. Obviously, these two things are related, you know, they kind of like um, feed into one another, but they are two very distinctive energies, the energy of love and the energy of respect. And we've spoken about in the past few episodes, we've been talking about this idea of how these two attributes actually can be translated towards God and how we actually are really uh, called upon to cultivate our love of God and our fear and our respect of God and how there are different levels to these different feelings. And and uh, by tapping into, by tuning ourselves, by cultivating and developing our love and fear or respect of God, we actually can really deepen our relationship with God. Today, we're going to actually talk about another way that we can deepen our relationship with God by, again, looking at a very human emotion that we can relate to on a very human level. And by really understanding it on a human level, it can, it can help us translate it into cultivating a way of becoming closer to God. This is in the form of the expression of compassion, which compassion, Kabbalistically speaking, is rooted in the attribute of, of, of Tiferes, it's known as, or Tiferet in more modern kind of Hebrew, which again, you know, it's, it's really hard to translate these things, but Tiferet uh, can mean beauty, harmony, it's associated with truth, it's kind of like this, uh, this joint energy. So again, when we have those two primary energies of chesed and gvorah, when we combine them into one, because chesed and gvorah are such polar opposites energies, when they come together and they merge in a harmonious way, that, uh, that um, expresses itself in the attribute of tiferet. Another interesting thing to note about this attribute is it's associated with our forefather Yaakov, Jacob, who was associated very much with being with uh, with being compassionate and being very truthful, um, and just like you know going backwards a little bit, these other two attributes of Chesed and Gvura, each one of them also correspond to our forefathers. Chesed being uh, and love being associated with Avraham, um, and Gvura and Yira, uh, meaning fear or awe, being associated more with. Yitzchak. So each one of the forefathers was sort of like, it can sort of be thought of as an archetype of these energies. Uh, Avraham being the archetype of chesed or love, uh, Yitzchak being the archetype of of gvora or fear or respect or awe, you know, all those kind of words kind of go together. And then Yaakov being the archetype of tiferet, harmony, uh, which also, which expresses itself emotionally in, in the form of compassion. So we're really going to focus on compassion today. That's going to be our 
focus is how can we serve God through the attribute of compassion? What does this mean exactly? How can we be can feel compassion towards God? Like at first glance, that seems really strange, right? Because it's like you can think, okay, who do you feel compassionate for? For maybe, you know, a homeless person on the street, uh, somebody who's going through a hard time or whatever. But when you think about God, God is perfect, right? God has everything. God is all encompassing, all giving everything. So how can we have compassion on God? What does this mean exactly? Having love of God makes sense on a certain level. We you know, we spoke about that at length in previous episodes about the idea of feeling this like, you know, extreme love for your source. We have our innate love. We also have a more um, kind of love that we can cultivate through our intellect. Uh, fear also is something that might seem a little bit more, make a little bit more sense, like having a certain fear of God, like on a basic level of like, you know, just being in awe of the great, uh, the grandness of God's creation and the grandness of the source of that creation. And, you know, realizing just how not and nothing we are in the face of that. But what about compassion? Where does that come into play? So interestingly, what, how, what, what we'll learn is that where compassion comes into play is actually looking at our godly soul. That's where we want to start from. And we want to recognize the fact that our godly soul is here in this world, and it's a very uncomfortable place for it to be. This is not its comfort zone at all. This place of materiality, of physicality, of outright evil, a lot of times, unfortunately, that we see in the world, where bad things happen, where you know, people just behave in ways uh, and that really are out, out of line with God. Um, there's a lot of concealment, a lot of darkness in this world. And here in this world, our godly soul is found in this world. Just walk, we're walking around in this world. So when we really attune ourselves to this, then we can start to feel this deep sense of compassion for ourselves. Uh, we actually spoke about this um, in a previous uh chapter where we talked about the chap chapter 32, the famous chapter of the, the heart chapter of Likutea Marim, uh, Lamed Bit, which means Lev 32, where we talked about this in relation to to loving another Jew, to how to arouse love towards another Jew is by really feeling this compassion towards their godly soul, recognizing that as much as a, a person, if you see a Jew who's doing something that you really, really disagree with, that you really feel is wrong, and maybe it is objectively wrong, then rather than judging them, what you can do is you can feel and arouse this deep compassion towards their godly soul that's trapped inside of them and trapped in this, this, um, this really coarse place within this Jewish person, because, you know, again, we all have two, two souls. We have the animal soul and we have the godly soul. And so the godly soul sometimes is trapped within the clutches of the animal soul. And when this happens, when we see it in another person, then we can feel this crazy kind of compassion towards them if we tap into that. And we can feel that towards ourselves as well, because we're not perfect, right? And just by virtue of us living here in this world, this is a very uncomfortable place for the soul to be, for the godly soul to be. So this can arouse our tremendous compassion. And when we arouse this tremendous compassion, when we really think about this, about having compassion to our godly soul, this is going to translate into having compassion for God himself. Because what is our godly soul after all, other than just being a, a piece of God himself, a piece of godliness. It's an actual it's a part of actual godliness from above. So when we recognize this and we recognize that everything down here is really a reflection of everything above and uh, and especially when we talk about the attribute of compassion which is associated with Yaakov and what we're going to one of the things we're going to learn about Yaakov is Yaakov is called Hevel Nachalato the rope of his inheritance meaning to say just like a rope that if let's say you had like a, you know think about like 
a fisherman. So a fisherman is, uh, you know, let's say a fisherman is out fishing, and if they feel this, they feel a tug on their on their cord. It means that they've caught a fish. It means the fish is is um, is is eating the beat, and they can actually feel that. There's a connection between what's going on down underneath the ocean and above, with um with the fishermen. So the same thing is down here that anything that our soul is experiencing down here is God is experiencing it as well. It says that God dwells here within our gallus within with us. So the more we can arouse this sense of compassion for our soul, we can start to realize that this compassion should not only be for our soul, but can actually be for God himself. And this again can be another way to connect with God, to cultivate our relationship with God. So with all of that being said, let's get into the text and see how the altar Rabbi breaks, breaks all of this down. And for context, we're beginning a new chapter today, chapter 45 of Likutei Amarim. So the altar of it begins and he says, and here now there is another way, another straight path for a person who to be involved in Torah and mitzvahs for their own sake. And this is through the attribute of Yaakov, our forefather, which is the attribute, as I mentioned in the introduction of compassion of Rachamim. In order to, and what, so what does this mean? This means that a person could arouse within their thoughts first the great, a great feeling of compassion before God over the spark of godliness, which vivified their soul, specifically meaning their godly soul. So we spoke about this previously that we all have within us a godly soul and an animal soul, and the godly soul of us contains within it a spark of godliness that it, that vivifies it, that gives it life, it life. And this spark of godliness descended from its source in the life of all lives, namely God, the in Baruchu, the infinite one, blessed be he who fills all the worlds and su- surrounds all the worlds and everything exists as if not in comparison to him. And so this really supreme God, you know, this godliness that's really, really high up there came down. So imagine this, it came down here into, into this physical world and be, and vivifies and, and, invests itself in what we call the mashcha de chavaya. That's an Aramaic term that means the serpent's skin. That's the body. So it's it's like taking this really holy thing, this godliness, spark of godliness, and, and it's manifest here in this like serpent skin, or serpent skin, our, our physical bodies, which is so far from the light of the face of God with utmost distance. Because, and what do we mean by the fact that it's utmost distance? This is because our world is the utmost place of the klipos of the uh, of the coarse klipos, and we spoke about this previously. To what this means, the klipos once again are the husks that conceal godliness from the world, that uh, that make us not be able to see godliness as apparent, even though godliness is everywhere. And in our physical world down here, this is the place where the klipos really predominate, where it's really a very opaque state of being. And especially, says the altar Rebbe, if a person will start to remember all of their deeds and all of their speech and all of their thoughts throughout their entire lives that were not great, that were not so good. Uh, and so he will see that this is likened to a king who's uh, captured in trusses, like who's who's uh, locked up in chains, so to speak, and this is and this is imagery taken from Shir Hashirim. This imagery of the king being uh, being locked up in 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 trusses or in chains. And uh, what do we mean by this? That it's locked up. That the what are the the trusses like the the weaves of hair, kind of. This is the weaves of the mind, um, meaning to say this is like the the weave the weaving of our 
impure thoughts, God forbid, like things that really we get wrapped up in these negative thoughts. And then the altar of brings a verse to illustrate this imagery, which comes from Devarim chapter 32, verse 9, which is Yaakov Hevel Nachalato. So it's likening Yaakov, her forefather, to a rope, to the rope of his inheritance. So now the altar is going to get a little bit more into this analogy, a little bit more, this idea of a rope and what this means. And so he says that this is just like somebody who's like pulling on a rope. So it's like, let's say if you uh, were holding onto a rope from a very high tower, you know, or you can maybe picture like Rapunzel with her really long hair. If somebody were to pull at her hair or to pull at the rope that you were holding onto, you would feel it up the top. So this is the whole idea of like, so that every single thing that we do down here, we it's like a rope that connects up to heaven. And so when any action that we do here has an effect above. And the ultra says that this is actually the secret of the of the exile of the Shechina, of the exile of the divine indwelling. So it's like we're basically bringing this Shechina into exile through our negative actions, God forbid. And now the Altar brings a couple of citations to elaborate upon this a little bit further, where he says this one's from Ishayahu chapter 55, verse 7, where it says, Be'eshov el Hashem mehu, that it says, and let him return to God and have mercy upon him. So meaning to say that the solution for this idea that it's, we're all in exile, the Shekhinah is in exile, is that there, we actually, compassion is the solution to this. And so we need to arouse God's compassion. And what is it that God needs to be compassionate about? About this, the name of God that is dwelling within us. So, and, and then again, and he brings a verse here at the altar, about, this is from Vayikra chapter 16, verse 16, which says, that Hashem dwells with, with us, with w- within them, meaning within us, within their tuma, within their impurity. So God is right where, right here with us in our exile. And so this is something which really should, um, if, if we can make God aware of this, we can make him feel compassionate over the exile, over his, uh, over his Shekhinah that's dwelling here within us. And this is something that we should feel really compassionate about as well. So that's the end of the section for today. So hopefully this gave you a little bit of a sense of how it is that we can cultivate our relationship with God based on compassion. And we also learned about how the more that we cultivate this attribute of compassion um, f- towards God, since there is this relationship, like this kind of like um, tug of war kind of relationship, then this is going to arouse God's compassion towards us as well. So we're going to continue along these lines tomorrow when we get into a really interesting story of, uh, of ten- in, in Torah, one of the most interesting stories ever where Yaakov upon meeting Rachel uh, kisses her and so it seems like really very risque kind of behavior and we're going to explore that on a deeper level and see what's really going on there so stay tuned for that and I will speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather Abraham Yitzhak Ben Benyamin Cohen of blessed memory music by Shoshana If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. And until then, have a great day.